podcast about Disney animated film. I'm your host, Brooke. I'm your other host, Chase. And I'm the random tag along. My name is Scorch. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Scorch. Um, So Scorch is an old, old friend of mine. Um, Half half a lifetime ago. Half our lifetime, anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Wildly long time uh, friendship who is here to talk about Disney with us today. Disney's awesome. Disney's pretty great. Before we talk about our movie, we're going to talk to Scorch. So, Scorch. Yes, What was the favorite movie you watched growing up? Okay, so Aladdin, King of Thieves. (laughs) Because I had a crush on Kasim. Not going to lie. See, I didn't have that movie as a kid, but I kind of want to say who didn't. Like, I didn't, but, like, for the most part, who didn't have a crush on Kasim? I haven't seen it, so I'm going to do some Googling right Brooke, now. Yeah, you've been playing was. Dream Daddy, but you don't know about the first daddy? <laughs> yeah, it was um, It was the one where they made a big deal, like, oh, Robin Williams is coming back, you guys. We solved our contract problems. <laughs> Yeah. I remember those previews. They were on the front of one or more of my VHS tapes. Oh. I remember as a kid, I was like, what's <laughs> okay. the big deal? Robin Williams is coming back. Wasn't he always? Oh, nope. Now I'm older and I understand things. Cool. Cool, yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, so uh, how's that look, Brooke? Pretty, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. Um, if he were in, like, if he, if I were to compare him to somebody in Dream Daddy... Might be somewhere between Robert and Hugo. Which one are which ones are those? Um, they're the 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 hot English professor and then the bad boy. I do love the English professor. The bad mm-hmm. boy's cool, but isn't the bad boy definitely into like the pastor guy? Um, I don't know because I haven't pl- like I've only done it a few times. I did one where it's like I just picked one and went straight forward. Which but one I did you pick? Um, initially, it was Robert, actually, the bad boy. Okay, okay, alright. I don't know what we're talking about. Should I know? <laughs> Chris, wow. Okay, Scorch, so- did you miss Dream Daddy? I don't... So, here's... I, I, okay, so, so Dream Daddy is a PC game that was released for the Switch a couple weeks ago, which is why I've been playing it. Oh. Um, basically, it's a dating sim oh, where your character okay. is a daddy, like, is a dad, like, has kids, has a kid, okay. and all the other... Uh, everybody available to date is also a dad in the neighborhood. <laughs> With kids, right? With kids. Yeah, like, there's one of them you don't meet the kid because there's uh, their issues, but yeah, the rest of them have anywhere between one and four kids. But why, though? <laughs> why not? <laughs> why not? Like, it's actually very sweet, and it's very, it's hilarious. The writing is hilarious. Like there are so many good dad jokes. Okay, okay, I can I can and, appreciate dad jokes. I'm okay. And witty and witty one liners, yeah. Yeah, I'm so sorry. We got off track. It was a very important track. <laughs> <laughs> Both Kasim and Dream Daddy would be good. And I mean in a previous episode, didn't I say Kronk for Dream Daddy? Yes, you did. Yeah, that was in I think last week or Tron. Oh yeah, it it was with Tron. Uh, All so, right. So, Scorch. So, Scorch. I'm so sorry. This is about you, Scorch. Um, so, what's your favorite Disney movie now? Tangled. Hard. Hardcore Tangled. Um, it's a good choice. Oh, the reasons. Um, 
it it really bonded me and uh, my sister. For one, we spent far too many hours um, singing that stupid soundtrack over and over <laughs> and over. And I don't know if you remember this, Chase, but uh, I'm still that freak that is not upset at Let It Go. I can still listen to it, but I listen to the Tangled soundtrack enough that I'm like, okay, need to take a break, need to back up. So that, <laughs> that was a thing. I really love the animation and the lantern scene and like just the, that the parents are, are alive for one, but they're pantomimed the whole time. And mm. like that scene when they go to release the lantern for her and just the look on their faces and, and the king specifically, it's just like you were saying everything and you're not saying a word mm-hmm. and I love it. So Tangled has some good non-verbal storytelling for sure. Oh yeah. Absolutely. What is your favorite Disney song? So I have a list. <laughs> I Stop have like oh, three. You are, you, you are a human after my own heart. <laughs> I can't do just three. There's five. Is five yeah. okay? <laughs> sure. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, and, and they're kind of broken up. So my Bronze Age is We Too from Oliver and Company. Um, Renaissance is Thin Air from Aladdin 3, but it's also changing me from the Beauty and the Beast musical. So that's the Renaissance bit. And I know that doesn't, it's not the movie, but I don't care if I may. <laughs> <laughs> and then Modern, which isn't even sung by a Disney character, is uh, Touch the Sky from Brave. Mm. Those are those are really kind of niche, strange favorite songs, but they are mine. Uh, I love Touch the Sky. It is wonderful. More kind of standard is Out There slash God Help the Outcast from Hunchback. Yes. And, yes. And then I Am Moana in parentheses, Song of the Ancestors in Moana. Mm-hmm. I was just listening to the Moana soundtrack today. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, the only one. So I got a new phone, and so the only songs on my phone are ones that were in the cloud, which means I paid for them through mm-hmm. iTunes. Mm-hmm. So um, my entire phone right now is Moana, Hamilton, and Pacific Rim. <laughs> Approved. Oh. <laughs> when I get in the car, if it doesn't start playing a podcast and it just is like, ah, music instead of podcast today, and I'm like, sure, why not? I get a nice eclectic <laughs> range. Are you one of those people that listens to Hamilton on shuffle? Yes. Why? I, do, I don't understand. Okay, this is that's a, another rabbit trail we'll talk after. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, well, like, the sh- well, I have a short ha- answer. The short okay. answer is I have it memorized. And so I just sing along wherever I dive in and I don't need, like, the emotional current. I just need a moment. But it's... That's... For for me, it's like the story, right? But I don't listen. Order? Yes, I don't but I don't listen to musicals for the story unless I'm sitting down to listen to a musical. If I put it on my phone, it's because I want to sing along to it. I'm not going to sing along. I'm I'm never going to drive mm-hmm. Act One to Act Two unless when no. I drive to Comic Con this weekend, maybe. <laughs> but otherwise, <laughs> I'm not driving Act One to Act Two. <laughs> Yeah, huh. I, yeah, I I guess I get that. Uh, I don't finish it, but I'll well, like start 
like at you'll be back and then I'll just play until my ride is done. <laughs> what I do. <laughs> and having driven with Chase with I mean, even before you got a new phone or whatever, like it was still mostly just Hamilton on shuffle. Mm. I mean I can't help it if, and <laughs> if it's I have all of the mixtapes and the musical. It's like a hundred songs. And well and it's <laughs> It can be interesting watching you switch from your your Lynn, your Lynn voice to your Andrew Day voice. <laughs> I need to oh yeah, this. yeah. You need to come over. Like and, Alexander and Hamilton. My name is Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> Imagine an entire car ride of that. <laughs> oh, I would pay. I did it I before pay. Weird Al did it. <laughs> it's true. I believe. It's true. I believe you. I believe you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, so, Scorch, since Alexander Hamilton is not a Disney princess, um, <laughs> do you have a favorite Disney princess or hero? Um, I have a list again. <laughs> uh, so, hero. And one of them kind of overlaps, but she the best do. But she does fight me so tarzan and then kovu from the lion king 2 mm. excellent uh, lion then, zuko yep basically mm-hmm. yeah but his voice is way hotter than dante bosco despite me loving dante bosco mm-hmm. um and then uh melody from the little mermaid 2 actually i always saw her as more of a hero type than a princess type i mean she can be both i related okay anyway um <laughs> And as far as princesses, Belle from the Renaissance and then Merida and Rapunzel are still kind of duking it out as far as modern princesses. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Curious question that's like not on our list of usual questions, but more like you didn't have a favorite song from the classic era or a favorite hero. Do you just sort of not care about classic? It's not that I don't care. I absolutely appreciate them for what they are and that they are the foundation of sure. everything that is Disney, but it just never really resonated with me. That's totally fair. I was just curious. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm more of a Renaissance on. Um, yeah, we grew up in the Renaissance <laughs> era, so that does yeah, not that's, that's not surprising that's at fair. all. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, favorite villain? Uh, Maleficent from Silver Age. Uh, Maleficent uh, 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 is not Silver Age. She isn't Silver? Oh, no. Nope. Well, then I screwed that up. I apologize. No, that's okay. Maleficent is classic. Okay. Um, Silver classic. Age okay. would start with Jungle Book. Ruined, I ruined everything. Either way. Hey, classic. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Maleficent. <laughs> uh, Re- Renaissance uh, Hades. Mm-hmm. And then Mother Gothel for modern. But that's largely because I... <sighs> relate hardcore relate in terms of oh you are a terrible mother Ooh, toxic <laughs> like, how traits, much I see how much them. do you want to say on air <laughs> eh, it's not a secret okay <laughs> it's fine um yeah i think gothel is definitely like an interesting one for our age group because we grew up yeah. in the renaissance and so we were right. just adults when we hit mother gothel and so it was really mm. interesting to see her from an adult perspective 
yeah. And uh, something that I've come to see just in rewatching it, it's whenever she says I love you or does anything affectionate, it's all towards her hair. Mm-hmm. She's she's mm-hmm. petting her hair. Yeah, she's kissing right. her hair. She only cares about her hair. And Rapunzel just, oh, you're my mom. Of course yeah. you love me. Well, that's not how it always goes, sweet cheeks. Yeah, Tangled and Frozen have some very, very amazing character choices in terms of, like, visual expression. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, some of their and finest I would, work. I would argue familial ties, too, as far as storytelling. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because they, sure. they are not traditional, like, family stories, which is good because not everyone has like a nice shiny childhood. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I few of the Disney princesses have nice shiny childhoods, honestly. Um well in in terms of like oh mother was good and and all that kind of thing, but stepmom is evil like you know mm-hmm. where it's Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's that's definitely true like we don't have a mother well even mother Gothel's not like her real mom though. I guess, but no, that's like a fairy tale trope. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. All right. Um. Oh, one last question for you. Mm. Disney park memory. <laughs> um. I'll give you a brief what they are. If you want me to go into detail, just say so. Um. At Disneyland is um where I was when I knew I wanted to marry my boyfriend, now husband. Aww. It's also where we got engaged, and we have spent many honeymoons in it. Well, our one honeymoon and many anniversaries there. So, How about the engagement story? That sounds like a good story. Oh, I don't want to yeah, hear about okay. your honeymoon. I love you, but I don't want to hear about your honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, um, no. But I would love to hear about your engagement. <laughs> So, um, we went to the park with his family and like, you've, you've met my husband. He's pretty like quiet and to himself, but this was like to the upteenth extreme that day. And I was like, mm, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, sure. I'm totally fine. Everything's good. Oh, look, distractions. I'm like, okay, cool. That's all right. <laughs> And the day just kind of went on like that until his family had to leave because it was a school night for them, I believe. Uh, He has younger siblings. And then it was just the two of us, and we were wandering around, and he pulled me into this jewelry store on Main Street. And I was like, that's kind of weird. I don't really like jewelry. (laughs) Like, this kind of jewelry, anyway. And it's all, like, cubic zirconium and nickel-plated everything and that kind of nonsense and he's like so hypothetically for a wedding ring which would you prefer and i'm like not gold he's like but it's a classic look and i'm like but i really hate gold all right fair enough (laughs) and he picked out um a silver one which was really nickel plated garbage (laughs) i still have it i still have it though it didn't end up being my actual wedding ring but he picked it and then I'm like, okay, well, it's really late. We're going to start leaving soon. But then he started walking towards the castle. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> and we get in front of the castle and everyone's like sitting down like the fireworks are going to be starting. So people like stick to their claim. 
and he kind of hovers in front of the main crowd. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> We've talked about this. <laughs> You're not proposing to me in front of people. We talked about this. And he kind of looks at me and he just keeps walking. And um, if so, if you you've been to Disneyland a million and ten times, so you're facing the castle on the right side. There's like a, a pathway, and if you keep going, you'll hit Snow White's Wishing Well. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a little kind of alcove there where there's like a little bunny statue, and we kind of just parked right there. And then he didn't say a word, and we're standing there. And then twenty minutes go by, <laughs> and then thirty minutes go by, and then an hour goes by hour and a half goes by and I'm like what is happening right now and I look at him and I'm like you are a very romantic man and you are bad at planning you are waiting for fireworks that is what's (laughs) happening right now and I just happen to see a cast member go by I'm like excuse me unprompted he hasn't said anything so I don't know but I know excuse me what are the fireworks he's like oh that'll be at 9 30 miss I'm like oh thank you very much and I look at my watch and it's 8 30 and then I look at him like really you gonna make me wait for another hour and then he just kind of shuffles and like looks away and i'm like "Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) and then eventually he he holds my hand he gets down on one knee and and he asks and i'm crying and i can't speak and i feel shocked even though i shouldn't at this point and then he and i hug him and i kiss him and he's like was that a was that a yes (laughs) I'm like, yes, give me the ring, give me the ring. <laughs> and we, we stand there for a little bit, and then the ca- that same cast member comes by, and he's like, um, excuse me, we need to actually uh, get this off because of the fireworks. And then we start walking away, and he's like, by the way, congratulations. <laughs> so, Aww. and that's how we got engaged. That's so sweet. Hooray. I love that. Yeah. Married nine years this past June. Congratulations. Yeah, wow, gosh, it's been nine years. Yeah, <laughs> feel old. Uh, every day. <laughs> <laughs> Big mood. Oh. All right. Um, I think that does it for our Disney questions. I think we hit them all. Yeah. Um, enough about me. It's time for a Enough movie. about you. It's time for a movie. So, Brooke, what movie are we watching today? The movie we're watching today is Black Cauldron, which I've never seen before. I have. I And I, I really don't know what to expect. Because I know that there are people that love it, and I know, based on your comments, that you don't. Nope. You guys might remember, like, Brie was on our show for Sleeping Beauty, um, and she, like, loved Black Cauldron, which mm. is really interesting to me, because I respect her a lot as an artist and creator. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> And you lost it based on opinion on a joke. No, I just can't understand it. But to be fair, okay, so this is... I haven't seen the film since I was in college when I was going Mm -hmm. through my watch all the Disney animated film phase um, and didn't hit all Mm. of them, but I did hit Black Cauldron. And I did Mm. not enjoy it. I don't remember a lot. I remember not liking it. That's what I remember, really. Um, So... Part of the reason we invited you here, Scorch, is because I know you like it. So, um, what do you remember about the film, and when was the last time you saw it? So, I saw it when I was in fourth grade. (laughs) That was the last time I saw that movie. Mm. But um, we had just read the, I think it's Prudang Chronicles, Mm -hmm. is what it's called. And um, we, we read it 
through school and when you read a book that there's a movie, you play the movie for the kids sure. and that's what they did. And I, I remember um, being irritated by several details that they got horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Even as a kid, I was one of those people. But um, overall, like, I, I just feel like there's not enough of that type of fantasy in, in kids' media, or at least in Disney media, and there needs to be more. Um, Interesting. That. And dragons. I like dragons. Ooh, dragons. I don't remember the dragons. Yeah, they're they're like the little uh, minion-y guys. In the book, they were birds. But <laughs> I don't care. Dragons. <laughs> dragons are cooler than birds. No offense to birds, but... Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, where's the lie? Where's Could the you lie? imagine if there was a Disney princess who, like, sang and dragons came? How amazing. Mm. I guess I'm describing Daenerys, but she's not a Disney princess. Not that... Oh, does not do Disney Hard princess no. things. That that will that will start a whole other rant that you guys are not prepared for for this podcast. That's fair. We are not a Game of Thrones podcast. I've never even seen Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Neither have I. Oh well, then I would just be shouting into the void, and you'd be like, "Okay, Scorch, yeah. calm down." I mean, I have opinions without having seen it, but I have opinions on everything. Yes, you do. Mine is more of a storytelling integrity. Mm. Anyway, so we're gonna watch a movie, right? Alright, we're gonna go watch Black Cauldron. <laughs> yep. Cool. Cool, cool, Alright, we're, we're... Wow. We're back. We are back. We're back. We watched... <laughs> We still don't have anything good to come in, but also it's just, <sighs> this is, wow, okay, I didn't know what to expect, and it, it was not that. <laughs> it wasn't that. It was, I have, I have three full pages of notes, which might be the most I've ever taken. I have three and a half pages of notes, and some of those are like uh, background notes that I took before we watched, but, um. Yeah. I am terrible at notes, but I have so many. And some of the, I will admit, some of these notes that I brought are uh, not from viewing. They're from research yeah. externally. But, yeah. So, so that's a thing. do we want to talk about the research stuff first? Because um, I, I think there's... Because mine was very minimal. Because I, I mean, we can say it's based on a book. Yes. I, it's a series that it goes you've d- read. It goes deeper than that. <laughs> it goes far deeper than that. Uh, actually, like, what it says on the Wikipedia page for the books is that... <laughs> It provided the title and some plot points for the movie. So whoever wrote that Wikipedia article was salty. <laughs> Very much so. I mean, having read the book uh, two decades ago, woof. Oh god, I'm old. Um, they're not wrong. It's it's not really the same. Yeah. And the, yeah. Well, I was surprised because it seemed it didn't not the, the story of the movie. I'm like, wait. This does not seem like the kind of book that would have gotten a, a like a, a Newbery runner-up or R- Newbery Honors Award, you know, in the 60s or 70s, whenever it was. Oh, the book is really good. Okay. I, I would absolutely recommend it. Yeah, I think it. the... I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to read stuff like that eventually if I be a school librarian, <laughs> so it's good, good to know. I think the book is like the... Six- Disney optioned it in 71... I believe, um, mm-hmm. and then finally got the full film rights yeah. in seventy three. 
Um, what I thought was interesting is, yeah, yeah. like, because this doesn't feel like a traditional Disney story in a lot of ways, but it was Frank and Ollie who pushed for Disney to acquire these film rights. Oh, wow. Um, so that was really surprising to me when I read that, because I was like, this is not what I'm used to from Frank and Ollie. Yeah. Scorch, do you feel like the book feels more like a Disney book, or does the book itself not feel appropriate for Disney? Um, I'm not sure I would use the word appropriate. It's it's an interesting... It's, it's just an interesting choice. It's a new take. It's trying to, like, I guess, make... Take this, like, fantasy genre and just kind of be like, Hey, Disney, why don't we just marry these two? Because... Why not? You're based in fairy tales, and this is just a modern, you know, fantasy mm-hmm. story. Why don't we... Oh, I think the last note that we should probably make before we talk about the actual story, I think there's two things I would like to say before we talk about the story itself. Um, the first is this is the most expensive Disney film um, to date, to its date. Oh, wow. Um, so it had a higher budget than any of the other films, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and I will say I definitely see that in the animation. Um a lot of the animation choices, I was like, oh, wow, yeah, you put a lot of good work into it. Um, and it... <laughs> I've, I've, <laughs> anyway, we'll on. come back right, to that. Go on. Um, we'll come back to the animation. There's a couple of new technology in the film, which I thought was interesting. Um, yes. Absolutely. There's a few computer-generated and- images, um, which... So this is like the Disney claims this is their first instance of CGI. I think we talked about in Fox and the Hound. Some people have said their CGI, but this is Disney's official. Like they say, this is our first computer generated imagery. The the team that did um, Great Mouse Detective did the Black Cauldron. Did Mouse Detective come out? Mouse Detective came out after, and Mouse Detective is different. Okay. Um, and I mean, we'll talk about when we do Mouse Detective, but um, mm-hmm. in it was this, it was the same team that did the CG. Um, the CG in Mouse Detective point. is actually drawn by the computer, not an image put into the computer it's like slightly different um but yeah so they're both different firsts um but the other thing is they use new copy technique um so we saw that in 101 dalmatians they had a new copy system and then black cauldron has another new copy system which i thought was really interesting and cool um and it made the gosh what are those the cells it had it worked differently with the cells um so yeah i thought that was kind of cool um, my note says new Xerox tech, but I do not think it is Xerox company. I think I was just shorthand for copying machine. Yeah. But yeah, I thought those uh, were interesting notes to like keep in as we go into talking about the story and meeting the characters. So before we rip them apart, <laughs> <laughs> do we want to go into what I have notes wise as far as like production nightmares and such? Of which there were many. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to hear more because I didn't. That's about what I got. First of all, the the amount of film turned out to be thirty four miles when all was said and done. Oh my gosh! They they did a lot. Uh, from I think I think this uh, year point is from when they started to option the rights, but it basically took fifteen years to make. Yeah, they optioned in 71, Um, and they acquired the rights in 73. Which, so, film film words, those mean different things, but ultimately, they Mm -hmm. don't. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, they don't. Um, So, 
around this time was when Roy Disney died and the Nine Old Men had retired mm-hmm. or died and Walt's counsel and then Don Bluth like left and poached a lot of the senior animators. Mm-hmm. So all of that was happening at the same time. So all of these were just young bucks, which included uh, Michael, uh, I keep, I always mispronounce his last name, Peraza, but Tim Burton was on the animation team too for a little while. Well, and it had the same director as Fox and the Hound, and uh, Tim Burton was one of the animators there yeah. as well. Oh, I didn't know he was in Fox and the Hound. You're behind on our podcast then. Times, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I am. I had life going on. Okay, we can talk about that. But <laughs> anyway, so something to the beginning at the beginning of this whole project, they're like, "Oh, this is going to be our generation's Snow White." Yeah, that was their intention going into this. Um, and one of the things that they really wanted to do was have it be formatted and shot in 70 millimeter, just Mm -hmm. like Sleeping Beauty Beauty had. And then everything was the wrong size. Michael is actually the one that figured out that the charts didn't line up and they had to scrap everything. They were almost done and they had to scrap all of the animation and start over. That explains the high budget. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Once they had figured that nonsense out, they, <laughs> the animation strike uh, started happening. And oh during all this kerfuffle, that's when twim, uh, Tim Burton had just quit 2D animation altogether. He's like, I'm, this is cursed. I'm not, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> um, and then once the strike was over and all the animators came back to work, um, the CEO at the time, Ron Miller, who was Disney's son-in-law, uh, was ousted by outsiders, and then a bunch of Paramount executives came in, uh, who I'm sure you guys are very well acquainted with, uh, Michael Eisner, Frank Wells, and mm-hmm. Katzenberg. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know... <laughs> they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't even know like the, car- the, the animations that came out of Disney Studios, uh, Eisner's said to when he introducing himself to the team, uh, who could forget Heckle Jekyll and Mighty Mouse, which was a CBS cartoon at the time, and just no one, no one liked him, and it was bad. <laughs> um, he, in his inexperience with animation, he was like, oh, give me, here's the movie, okay, whatever, uh, let me see the, the other scenes you have, and they were like, what are you talking about? That's that's not how animation works. So, I'm talking a lot. I apologize. No, that's why we. That's why we. That's why we. <laughs> yeah. <asked you. laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so they're getting really close to their release date, and Katzenberg sees it, and he's like, "Uh, you need to cut ten minutes." And they were like, "What are you talking about?" But they also took it out of um a couple different spots, um some character development thing, and then a lot of the transition scenes just kind of got ripped out so it's really jarring in the final product anyway yeah i think there's there ended up being like a total of 12 minutes cut 12 minutes in addition to the three that the animators had already done themselves well ugh. um which is interesting because when you cut a scene from animation that is a big deal um mm-hmm. and that's something that we've talked oh, about yeah. before um in other stuff because we watch deleted scenes which means that we watch storyboards um Mm -hmm. because animation takes so long by the time you get to animation you're cutting boards there's you don't cut animation if it gets to paper then you're or to glass then you're doing it you're committed yeah Yeah. so 
It was interesting. Um, why don't we talk about the opening of the film then? Yeah, um, so if there's an opening narration that we never hear again. Yep. And um, it's actually, the voice sounded a little familiar, and so I went and looked it up, and <laughs> it, it was my old Hollywood radar going off, and lo and behold, I've only heard imitations of the voice, which are an exaggeration of the way he talked, but it's John <gasps> Houston, um... Direct, director of movie of you know lots of tough guy movies like The Big Sleep, uh, The African Queen. I'm Annie. I'm so impressed that you picked it up off of imitations of his voice. It, it's a distinct. It's a distinctive voice. That's also just such a you thing to do. I've heard this voice. No, I've heard parodies of this voice. I know it. It's okay, so good. That happens to me all the time when I watch animation. It. Especially uh, anime. Mm. It's like, oh, oh, oh yeah. I know who you are. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I just listened to the first episode of Critical Role last night, and so it's like all these familiar voice actors in my ear, and I'm like, oh my god, you're all like different people in my brain right now. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> Um, the opening animation, I will say, confused me because I thought that the Horned King was the imprisoned evil. Me too! For so long! Me too! It took me, I was like, what is happening? I actually, I literally have a note that says the Horned King isn't in the Black Cauldron? Question mark. Yeah. Um... Which no, so that's that could have that could have taken that could have used some that that script could have used some editing. Yeah, that would have been nice. Um, and on top of that, it would have been nice if they had also edited the lovely exposition we get from Dobbin, um, who's like the old man, Dalbin, right? Dalbin, okay. Dalbin's like the old man, and he just kind of is like mumbling to himself about the evil cauldron that we just learned about, and it makes me wonder: Does he do this every day? Is this just how he starts his day? Upset about the cauldron? <laughs> I mean, if your land is at war, I can imagine that, but it's still weird. And hes he looks like a Bluth man. Yes, he does. I would not be surprised. Which I found out, I, I, I scoured the thing. Don Bluth wasn't there. He left. But who was still there is Richard Rich. who mm. the, Richard... Uh, Richard Rich plus Don Bluth equals the Living Scriptures videos that I grew up watching and think of as yeah, I, Bluth faces. I think I know what videos you're talking about. They're the I think purple. I the New version. Yeah, 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 yeah. The purple ones. Yeah. I had the, the purple, New Testament yeah. versions of those. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The, yeah. The, yep. We had we had Bible. We had we had Bible. We had Book of Mormon. We had um, like American Heroes. They had the ones about like Lincoln yeah. and Florence Nightingale and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. I had a lot of the American Heroes. Um, I went to go buy the DVDs recently, actually, and it's like, oh, that is a criminally high price tag. Moving on. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. Wow. Um, that's a shame, yep. really. Anyway. So, uh, we meet this old man who's literally never important again, which is great. <laughs> yeah. I have thoughts on that. He is the the father, the uncle, the, 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 the caretaker of Tari. You mean Luke Skywalker? Who- yeah. He well, was... but he but Luke Skywalker's likable. <laughs> That's so <Whoa>. fair. Okay. <laughs> uh. Oh boy. That's that's a good point. You're right. Although to be fair, I don't like Luke Skywalker for most of A New Hope. Um and I didn't like Tarin yeah. for all of this movie. 
the whole darn time. Yeah. But I noticed his his but his face though there was something like familiar in his character design, and I was like, he's somewhere like it's, he's somewhere between Peter Pan or Wart. And oh, for sure, he is a lovely character design. I absolutely love the way he's animated. Yeah, and he and, he, he, and he's got this and he's got this cute red yeah. hair. But His yeah, movement is so just, fluid and really cool. Um, yeah. And I'm sure his character is lovely in the books, but they did not translate that into the film. If uh, if I were to sew him garb, I would not give him pants that tight. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we figured out right away that Taran is just... He just wants to go to war real bad. He just wants to be a famous warrior. Ugh, and, gag me. Um, yeah, <laughs> what if the war ends and I don't get to fight? I'm like, come on, dude. You Okay, so you know nothing. There's a war. thing that... <laughs> Enter every little boy ever. No, but okay, saying. so there's a thing that we talk about. I say we as if I'm an actual screenwriter. But there's a thing we talk about in screenwriting mm. <laughs> called the save the cat moment. And Taran does yep. not have a save the cat moment. He comes on screen no, prancing doesn't. about how great war is and how much he wants to go to war and be a hero. And he's, and he's so full of him like self. And like, it's, I guess we're supposed to like him because he's a daydreamy young boy, but there's nothing about him that is sympathetic. Like, he is a jerk to all of the animals, and then proceeds to be an idiot for the entire film. Like, he never has a moment where I like him. Actually, so I will say, like, he's very, um, he does a lot to save the pig. He really cares about Henwin. Sure. Like, it's, it's, it's cute how much he cares about But him. I don't, like, I'm, like that motivation's but, not yeah. there in the beginning. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah, because he's so because he's like, ugh, I just have to take care of this pig instead of going to war. Like, he does not care about Henwood until he's given her a bath and she flips out, and then we learn she's magic. Magic MacGuffin pig. Like of all the MacGuffins <laughs> in the world. I know, she's probably my favorite MacGuffin. She's very cute. <laughs> yeah. She's got a I lot of personalities in those little piggy eyes. What? Oh yeah. Not to be cruel um that guy but she's got she does, yeah no she does i'm like okay so okay. my thing though is like you have a magic pig and that's cool but nobody knows about this magic pig so she's not really doing anything important i guess like she's informing this old man who does nothing of the information <laughs> and secrets of the world so once you find out the horned king needs the psychic pig you should just get rid of the psychic pig, right? I, <laughs> this, is, this is way skipping ahead in my notes, but at one point they're like, oh, we'll just kill her. And Taryn's like, no. And I'm like, but that would have solved the problem. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> she's adorable and precious, but she's also bacon. So I what just I want to know is how they figured out she could do this. Because you have to, like, say the magic words to get her to do the Maybe thing. Maybe she's actually immortal. Because we do get the idea that Pig Keeper is, like, a handed-down tradition. So yeah, maybe Henwin is older than Dalbin. Like, I don't remember this part of the books, so you're probably right. And at the same time, it's like, well, yes, killing her would be easy, but, like, you know, there are going to be other world-changing incidents where it might be good to have a magic pig. 
But what good is that going to be on a farm in the middle of who knows where a stand? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. like Dalbin's not making but, good use of this um, magic pig. But I, I liked the animation of her. Like, basically, she has to like. Does she have to drink from the water? Does she just have to? Put it her looks like she just puts her face with her snoot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I loved the animation of the vision. And it turns out some of it was actually recycled from Fantasia from from like the oh, spooky things in Night. Interesting. Yeah. So even though so even though Wooly Brightman wasn't there, his legacy lives on. There were a couple of footage. couple of places I was like, ah, this this footage feels familiar. Yeah, I love the lighting in the prophecy scene. Um, it was gorgeous. I don't think we've seen that in animation yet. Like at least not Disney. Um, that use of lighting to create mood in that way. I thought they did a really good job with that. Oh. <laughs> On a long journey, all you need is a bindle and a heel of bread and an apple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why? Why does... Why? Okay, I'm sorry. You are the old pig keeper. You're the old man who's been keeping this pig for probably your whole life because it's apparently an immortal magic pig. And now you have discovered this great... Tra- oh, I know why I said seeing stones. Because why that... Because of the Lord of the Rings seeing stones. The, the, the eye stones. Like, why does her telling the future give the king the insight? Or how did the king find her? That's super unclear. Because apparently it's super secret that even the kid who works with this pig has never seen this happen. So anyway... That's that's one question I have. Um, my second question is why does this old man say, "Here, young child, who just discovered this magic, and you are now going to go leave me and head to some cottage in the forbidden forest." This sounds like a real good plan. I'm gonna stay here with my cat. I don't like. Who has the same eyebrows as me. Right, right. <laughs> but, like, I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to send you a lazy, uh, daydreamy child to the forbidden forest with a magic pig that the most dangerous man in the world is looking for. Which I just presume is on the other side of the forest that they're already in. And to and to and to keep him going while he hides out for an indefinite amount of time, the old man packs him up a little sack with one slice of bread and an yep. apple and a little bit of cheese, a little bit of cheese. And then the bread teleports cheese. from the table to the barrel behind him, and it's a full loaf again. So that was <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice I did that. Not catch yeah, that. I wrote teleporting bread. <laughs> And so he goes off into the forest and he's daydreaming um, about being that guy. Did, we got that really cool oh, getting ahead of monologue from the Horned King, actually. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We meet the Horned King first. And his reveal, I like his it's reveal. It's very well it done. It's very spooky. I will say, it's very his exposition spooky. and his acting was really good. Yeah. Well, it's John Hurt. Oh, well, that would do it. Yeah. Yep. Um, I will say, I don't know. Like, why the Horned King is monologuing to his skeletons for us. It felt, so you know. Okay, as a me, this this really frustrates me that it's the Horned King at all. Because in the books, he's just an okay general in the first book. And then he's gone forever. Huh. He's not even, like, the big bad in the whole of the story. Hmm. And, like, the actual king whose name escapes me it starts the name is it skeletor 
Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, it's an actual person <laughs> with flesh and bone, and the the horns aren't even. It's a it's a helmet. It's not his like head in the book. Um, but the the queen and the king that are the actual villains are much scarier than the Horn King ever was. So that always irritated me because I. As a as a kid, it kind of like related mm-hmm. with that. I wonder if like, they the <laughs> wonder if they had wanted to do like um, more. Like there's supposed to be more of the, but I guess like they destroy the cauldron itself, more or less. They don't. They uh, don't destroy the cauldron. It still exists yeah. with the evil inside so of it. There might have been a magic. Oh, but we can undo the. Removing of the mat, and we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, um, the Horn King thing. But I wonder if like bothered me. They planned for him to just be the first movie villain, and they would introduce other book characters in later films. If that was yeah on the that's, agenda, that's possible. Mm-hmm. Not that Disney had ever done a sequel to this point. Um, so I don't know, but they were trying to do like that was kind of the whole point of the movie, though, in the way that they did it, and. You know how how out of the box as far as like a standard Disney formula it was. It's because it was trying to be new and different. Because the yeah the studio was failing yeah. at this point. Oh yeah, they were, they were like, okay guys, oh, yeah. we need to do something fresh or we're gonna die. Yeah, and in yep. terms of careers, not just their animation <laughs> studio, like their live action studio was flopping too. So yeah, Disney the whole company. was mm-hmm. well, and rightfully so because <laughs> they were bad. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah, sorry out there nostalgia <laughs> people. Um, Name us a live-action Disney movie that is, like, good. In this time period? And and maybe I'll, say, like, I'll, write, I'll write you a haiku on a postcard or something. <laughs> uh, the haiku has to end with refrigerator, though. Anyway, so we do get uh, Taryn um, sort of daydreaming again. Um, and talking about how he's going to protect Henwin from the evil mm-hmm. Horned King. But I don't know how or why, because he just has a stick. You just sent this child into the woods with a stick. It's fine. <laughs> Super great planning. I mean, he may have just picked up the stick on the way. He might have been defensive. You're right. Well, he had the stick when he got when he was playing around earlier. It's the same stick. So he's very so, attached to the stick. It, it occurs to me that he might be like, okay, people might know where I am, so they're going to come get me. But if there's just this random kid in the woods with his pig, you're not going to assume... I don't know. It kind of made sense, and now I'm saying it out loud, and I regret everything. Go on. I just, I just think that the old guy, the old pig keeper, should have had a better plan. Yep. They stop for for to drink out of a pond, mm-hmm. and he's having a vision of himself in like fancy armor, being the hero of the land. Yeah. Not even a minute later. <laughs> um. He's like, oh no, Henwin is gone. Shoot. Got a, got like he. Uh, yeah, this idiot child has lost the... Yeah, and it. then we meet Googie. Gurgi? Gurgi. 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 I had subtitles ah. turned on, because sometimes I couldn't understand through accents, and I, as soon as I was like, oh, wait, these names are mega Welsh. Yeah. I'm going to need it's, to see how they're spelled, because they're Welsh. so Welsh. <sighs> and so Gurgi is, I don't know if the, like, I'm sure the animated... Lord of the Rings movies have come out by then, but I have not seen them, so I don't know. Gurgi voice is very Gollum voice. Mm-hmm. I thought that, too. It, it, Gurgi had a lot of Gollum energy. Yeah, he Except, did. Except, like, cuter. Definitely like, cuter. Yeah. Like Ewok Gollum. 
Yeah. Like if if Ewok and a, and Gollum and if Gollum and an Ewok had a baby, <laughs> it would be Gurgi. Mm-hmm. Gurgi was also a massive deviation from the book because in the book he could like break people in half and and like oh. constantly threaten to like eat people. And then Tarin. So he's okay. more like Chewbacca. Okay. Yeah, I guess. Um, think think like a tall gremlin, but with more amiable traits, I guess. But yeah, he would he would threaten like munching and munching blah, blah 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 blah. I can speak English. Munchings and crunchings on your bones was a was a big thing in the book, from what I recall. Um, Not munching and crunching on apples. He would he would do that too, but. Before Tarn was like, hey, knock it off, my dude. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> master. Before all that, he would, like, threaten to eat things. Why is he so loyal to Tarn in the book? He either, like, I don't, it was fourth grade, guys. <laughs> I've been out of high school for, oh, I'm not going to reveal my age. Oof. Okay. <laughs> it's been a while. But um, I, I feel... Like, it was either he feeds him, and that's what does it, he saves him from something, and that's what does it, or he just kind of intimidates him into following him, and then a sweet friendship arises. Because we get the, like, intimidation kind of thing in the film, Mm -hmm. and it just isn't, doesn't work for me. Like, one, makes me hate Taran more, because not only do I see him threatening violence to this small fluffy creature who is annoying but not worth beating up yeah he also doesn't seem to have the guts to follow through on his threat which is like my dude (laughs) you gotta pick a side here i mean i'm inclined to believe it's the violence kick from the book but in the book gurgi is like uh, comes up to about his shoulder and is threatening to eat him so the violence which like like, that's a point okay at that point because it's self-defense sure sure and also like if you are defending yourself from someone trying to eat you that's fine and if you actually hit them that's even that's that's fine i don't mind it's just like every decision taran made made me not like him fair at all actually except for in this next part so once we like leave gurgi behind and they are looking for they hear henwin screaming and he like goes rushing after her i was like okay like he does care about the pig. It just took you, like, almost 20 minutes to get here. Did you not see the look on his face when he was giving her a bath? But, like, his motivation never felt real. Yeah. Like, that, the next sequence where he is, like, trying to rescue her and that whole bit in the dungeon when he's trying to rescue her, that was really sweet. And I, like, that was the only time, apart from him being an idiot through all of that, mm-hmm. that was the only time I actually cared about Darren um, and wanted him to succeed because it was, like, that was the only part I felt like I could see he cared for Henwin. Every other time it never felt real or interesting or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I think this film just doesn't do um, character development well. Yeah. No. The pacing is all wonk. And Ugh, some we'll wonky in- pacing. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that later. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get. I mean, this is w- about where. Yeah, my sh- my three notes down. Strange pacing. Um, 
But um, I did love the lighting and the scene with the dragons, and I like the way the dragons are yeah. animated. Yeah, they're nice. They are pretty dragons. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say right now, like I think there was at a point where, like before he left with Henwen, he was like, "I'm not afraid of the Horned King," and he, I think he said it a couple more times before they actually went to the castle. Mm-hmm. And I so, think so. so. Yeah, <laughs> I got a "Who's afraid of the big bad wolf?" kind of yeah. going in my oh, head yeah. at that point. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, and then this, the first scene in the castle is just also very strange to me, because it doesn't feel... Can it, we talk, before yeah. we get into the castle, though, that shot when he's climbing the castle, and they do, like, that really cool zoom up the side of the castle, and you can oh. see... Like, the detail in the moss and every crack in the stone. That was so beautiful. And it was such a creative shot. And one of the things I think this film does really well is creative shots. Like, that slow pan on the Horned King's feet. um, And, like, the moving up the castle. There are some really good creative cinematic choices um, throughout this film. Um, which I thought was really cool, but um, sorry, we can talk about the actual castle scene now. I just like <laughs> yeah. that was so cool to me. I put like it a was. lot of stars it right was. there. There, there was some, there was some good stuff. Um, Thank you. So we we get we get in and we look in on who we're de- who they have to deal with first, and it's basically a bunch of really drunk guards. Mm-hmm. Um, we see this little goblin thing creeper running around, and he's in and out of the way, and there's a, a big lady um, dancing around the tables. and Yeah, you definitely got a flash of her underwear. Yeah. I did not appreciate and she's, the, yeah. the racist Romani depiction. Yeah, yeah. That was no bueno, my dudes. Yeah, and it was just... It just didn't... It was like, are we sure this is a kid's movie, guys? And then it like you can have a darker uh, tone and still have it be a kids movie, but I, that just was like. Well, another was... note I have: there are th- I counted three instances of blood, which mm-hmm. is very unusual for a Disney film. Oh yeah, um, it was supposed to be for teens. I believe. yeah, this was definitely for an older audience, mm-hmm. um, which is weird because we'll talk about it later. But the focus group that they used were kids. Yeah, that was weird. It was a weird decision. Um, that might have been a Katzenberg-Eisner decision, though. In terms I think that was probably Katzenberg, like, hey, we're a kid company, so we're going to show this to kids. And then Katzenberg was like, oh, kids didn't like it. So you have to change everything. Well, maybe it's not for them. Ah, logic, yeah. go away. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Taran goes into the castle um, to save Henwin. And he seals the drunk guys. Um, he manages to hide from the drunk guys. More or less. Um, um, yeah. He makes some good stealth rolls here. <laughs> he does. <laughs> and then we meet the Horned King with all... Or he, like, arrives. And he, like, is clearly super powerful. He, like, teleports into the castle. Yeah. So that was like, wow, you're a really powerful dude. It will be interesting to see you have a final battle with <laughs> our hero. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, they threaten to kill the pig or torture the pig, and that's when Taran is like, "Oh no, you can't yeah. hurt her." 
Yeah, and then he like, just they, like, ruins his stealth coal. roll right yep. there. Yep. That's right, the hot coal. Um, yeah, and so then he's like, no, she won't do it. I hated everybody, all these kids' voices, the... Oh no, I'm like not really British, but I'm I'm a little dainty in fantasy. This is a fantasy accent I'm doing right here. Yeah. Um, and, oh yeah. Also, Taryn is the only child in the cast until the until the fairies. Oh, interesting. Alonwi's not a child. Alonwi was an adult. Forty years old. Wow. Oh. Ah. Hmm. Wow. Um. Interesting. Why yep. am I surprised? I've seen Pokemon. Like, come on. <laughs> I guess I'm more surprised that, like, if you had one child actor, you didn't have two. That's what surprises yeah. me. Um, but I think it's her performance. That's. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's like, oh, you convinced me that you were a tiny child that was like 13, 12 years old. Kudos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, she did. I think Alonwi's voice actress did a fine job. I didn't care for, like, her and Taryn's accents of just the, like, I'm in a fantasy world, so I talk like yeah. this. Uh. <laughs> um, and awkwardly giggling every two seconds. It's great. Everything's fine. Yeah. Um. So this is our second instance of blood is the blood on the chopping block as they threaten to kill Henwin. Then they get the vision out of the pig, but it's not complete. Although, okay, so, like, Tarn's never done this before. <laughs> How does he know what words to say? He watched Dalbin do it once. But those were different words. I don't know. I, oh, I don't know. Maybe he just has to I ask mean, her nicely. Like, in a rhyme? Yeah. I'd just be like, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Horned King. There's nothing that rhymes with cauldron <laughs> that I can think of, so I don't know how to ask for what you want. Do you have a rhyme for cauldron? Pauldron. Pauldron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then the vision's, the vision's interrupted because the Horned King comes too close to try to lean in, and Taryn flips out and spills the bowl like a dummy. I think that was intentional. And then it runs, so, like, it kind of worked. Like He was like... Oh, I've got yeah. you now. Ha-ha, <laughs> Yeah. Um, and he does, like, this was actually a really cool chase sequence. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, they did a good job with all the different, like, things chasing him and how he managed to get away. Um, what I got from this, though, was it was like, Taran is a very, very bad D&D player who... Mm-hmm is very good at saving throws and very bad at everything else. Yeah. <laughs> so bad that his DM has to just give him a super OP magic weapon. Just like, my dude, you can't play, so here is a really nice plus seven magic weapon. <laughs> because you're not doing well. He put all of his all his points in, like, I had it and then I lost it, you can ignore me. Charisma. He put all his points yeah. into charisma, but yeah. that doesn't make you likable. Yeah. He put it all into charisma, and then he's, like, negative and everything else, because he didn't put a point in anything else, so... It's not yeah. that his rolls yeah. are all failing, it's that you have to take that <laughs> negative, my dude. Oh, there you go. You're in prison now. <sighs> See what you've done. So he ends up in prison, but Henwin gets away, which I thought was really cool. We see very early on that, like, self-sacrificial side of Taran. Yeah. yeah, he's not all about himself in that way. No. He cares about things. Um, I wish we had seen this part of him earlier somehow. Yeah. Um, Did any of you notice that, would have been that nice. some of the echoing lines hadn't been said in the film? 
What do you mean? Like when he's he's sitting in the prison cell, right? And there's like all of these mm. memory echoes, like Dalvin talking to him and stuff. Yeah. Not all of the lines that he said, Taran said, actually are in the movie. Up until that. Point. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. I was I um I wasn't super hardcore listening because once they started doing the voice echoes, I rolled my <laughs> eyes. Went, we're only twenty minutes in. I'm not about your emotional low moment. Twenty minutes into the film, and I'm a note about strange pacing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fair is fair, but I think I think that's because of the editing that went on. It's the only thing. I yeah, that would make sense. Of. Yeah. And then we meet Elanwi, who is actually, for the most part, great. Um, I see why she's a really popular character, honestly. Yeah, um, me too. In the book, she's actually the niece of the Evil Queen. Gotcha. Okay, so she is an actual princess. I don't know how that got categorized. I feel like, from what I remember, I think she was a princess. I mean, if you're the niece of the queen, you're still a princess. Yeah. Um Probably, um, but because I mean, at one point the Horn King calls her a, s- <laughs> well, one point the Horn King calls her a scullery maid, and so I was like, oh, maybe she's like pretending to be a princess, because I was surprised. Like everywhere she goes, she's like, I'm Princess Alanwi, and I'm like, do you have to introduce yourself as a princess to literally everyone you meet? Like that might be a security issue to consider. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it does give her kind of this arrogant edge to just say i'm a, a princess bit, yeah. all the time but she's also like i don't know she's so clearly capable like she's been in prison who knows how long um looks fine even though she's been in prison some undetermined amount of time and yeah. she breaks into Taran's cell and is like oh darn i thought you were someone who could save me well i guess i'm saving you now <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10. Um, and she, like, already has an escape plan, apparently. <laughs> it's like, why did you even need... You didn't need to have a line about looking for a lord to rescue you. You were already on the job. You were done. Mm-hmm. The work... You did it. You didn't need a strong, strapping young man that was just there for romantic yeah, tension, I guess. Yeah, but we wouldn't have had that line if she didn't, so... Yeah, but I wish, I wish she had just come in and been like, oh... I'm here to rescue you, because I figured I'd save you while I save myself. Okay, thanks. Let's go. Let's go, I mean, young, stupid child. Because Taryn would never make it out by himself. No, he would not. Fact. Fact. Although, to be fair, the one thing Taryn does is actually pick up the magic sword. Elanwi does not even look you at it. You mean grave robbing? Yeah, he... he, he yeah, I was yep. saying, he's a... He, yeah. yeah. I wrote Taryn the grave robber. The grave robber. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, that's that's what I wrote. The <laughs> all, I mean, okay, but we all also play D anD D, so I don't know if we can talk about you grave robbing in a critical way. I didn't way. ask for you to come into my house, and no. <laughs> um, but yes, I did make a note that's like turn the grave robber. <laughs> I think mine comes in later um, when he's like, my prized possession, your stolen possession, you grave robber. Anyway. He definitely gets very drunk with power on this sword. Oh, big time. Yeah. <gasps> he gets super into it. And he's just thrilled <laughs> as they're making their escape. And we're never told exactly quite what this is or if the ma- how the magic really works. They just call it the sword. So can we call it the flaming... Raging poisoning sword uh, of doom? Yeah. Yeah. 
I was just gonna call it Frostmourne, yeah, but okay. Is what? that the name of it? No. <laughs> that was okay. a WoW reference. You can ignore me. Everything's fine. <laughs> oh yeah, I will say neither of us play WoW. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, my next note is though, like, as Taran is, you know, drunk with power on this magic, magic sword that has a mind of its own, apparently, and just exists in this world. Um. And no one cares. The like Elanwy should have been the star of the movie. Like Big time. Yep. She absolutely. like the movie would be so much better if she was the main character. I don't understand. Yes. Like but you, I want her story. But you uh, can't have that because right? she's a girl. <laughs> yep. <sighs> well. Um but they managed to escape. They meet um an old bard. <laughs> Yes, that was like the first thing. There's like somebody's like, "Oh no, I'm just a bard. <laughs> All I do is bard stuff." He was Which, very funny. That yeah, no, I he was he endeared himself to me immediately. I think here's the note: the old bard is the only one I like so far. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved seeing him say that his name was Flute or Flam in the subtitles because it is the most Welsh. It let is, me read, let me is, read that. Oh, spe- such a bizarre spelling. Let me read that spelling to you guys. F-F-L-E-U-D-D-U-R-F-F-L-A-M. That's some Welsh spelling right there. Yep. So I'm just going to call him Flam. <laughs> Flam. <Yep. laughs> um, so something from the book. And by the way, audience, I read this book when I was in fourth grade. If I'm misremembering stuff, please don't come down and burn my house. Okay. Um, we don't have enough followers for that. It's fair. fine. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Fair enough. Um, no one has ever actually issued any correction at us, ever. Really? Um, nope. Oh. Yep. Yeah, I, they just they just take us at our word. <laughs> yeah. Cool. It's the best o- best kind of audience so to I have. So I can lie. <laughs> I guess. No, not lying. <laughs> not intentionally lying. Um, but one thing that was cool about um, his magic harp, yes, it, through show, not, show don't tell... Whenever he lies, a, sting, a string snaps, and that was in the book. But another cool thing mm-hmm. is whenever he tries to play nice. his harp, um, it plays what it wants, and he'll try and play he'll well, try cool. and play a song, and it'll be just like, nope, we're just gonna do this one instead. And everyone's like, that was so beautiful. It took me to this other place and this time, and I remembered this memory. And he's like, yeah, that's not what I was going for, but I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a that was a fun detail. I wish they had put in but I feel like that scene where he actually plays for them got cut with how awkward mm. that scene is. Like, we, I think we got, like, the end yeah. of it. Yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised if, like, that scene got cut really early on, because the story really doesn't feel like it has a place for it. Yeah. Um, the flow and but, the pacing and all that. But I did love his harp and the way it breaks every time he tells a lie. That was very funny. Yeah, And then this is the point where they, uh, Taryn and Alanwe get into a fight, and she is rightfully upset over their over his misogyny. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Taryn. That was the moment where I was like, "Oh, this is why. This is this, okay. This is why people like her." And I like, I like her too. But like, it took her a little bit to like. Okay, I like her. Apparently, yeah. that that part of the scene was absolutely cut. That was one of the, my notes here. That when I went back. Um, what parts the, of the scene do you know? <laughs> parts of the beginning, middle, and end. Honestly, like there was a <laughs> lot more. There was a lot more build up to the provocation of her being like indignant with him, 
and mm. him being kind mm-hmm. of looking for an adjective that is appropriate, <laughs> rude, <laughs> just mm-hmm. being really rude. Um, he apparently it was it was supposed to be something more like aggressive that was like a reasonable person would be more like that level of mad that quickly. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, there was a more drawn out, like we're mad at each other phase. And then the making up took a little bit more time and talking through. Yeah. The apology did come very quickly. Gotcha. Like the whole conflict yeah. lasts maybe 40 seconds from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And that's a little pointless. So yeah. I'm inclined to believe most of that got cut. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I do love that this old man is just not capable of parenting. <laughs> like, he's not he's capable doing of his best. He's just an old bar. Yeah. Um, that was really. I loved his little commentary. <laughs> and then they. You're with him? Yeah. They run into Gurgi again. Um, and. Gurgi points out uh, Henwin's tracks. Yep, and Fl- uh, Flam does not like Gurgi. No. Alanwi is charmed by Gurgi. Yeah, that was weird. Which is why he gets to stay. Yeah. And then, he, and then of course, Gurgi is charmed by Alanwi because everybody is. Yeah. Yeah, she's a charming, charming young she, lady. She she's like, hey, yes. Taryn, here's what you actually do with charisma points. <laughs> yeah, <Yep>. so absolutely. <laughs> And she's got and she's got the intelligence to back yeah. it up. Well, I think yeah. I think Taran took charisma because he's like, I'm gonna be a paladin, so I'm gonna put all my points into charisma, and then not know how to do anything. And then Alanmi was like, I am just beautiful and charming naturally. And well balanced. <laughs> I'm a, I could still be min max to my class. I don't know what her class is. Yeah, I was thinking maybe druid, sorceress, maybe. She can do sorcerer. Because she has the bobble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bobble, yeah. Bobble. But I was thinking the bobble was like a natural mm-hmm. druidy thing. But I could see it as a sorcerer thing, definitely. I think that's a good... Yeah. Yeah. Because if, if it was druid, I'd say one of the fairies would be her little bobble. But... That's fair. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, and so they... They keep they keep going. They're tracking the they're tracking. Oh, I will say I think. A- sorry, sorcerer works better because that's a chalk caster. So I think that the <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. Okay. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> brain uh, still turning there's numbers. A, there's a scene. There's a scene where while they're tracking Henwin, where they cross like there's a kind of a gorge and then there's a fallen tree that they, they use as a bridge, which is extremely like highly like this is put we they put this in there to remind you of. Uh, the ta- uh, the dwarfs crossing their tree bridge in Snow White. Yes, yeah. Uh, because the Black Cauldron is the twenty fifth yeah. Disney film, and so yeah, that that moment they were doing that, and I was like, this is a weird place for me to feel emotion right now. But I did because one, Snow White As it's and Snow Lion White. King. Yeah, so I, I had those Lion like King. yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, this movie was supposed to and be the Snow White of this generation. Yeah. Yeah. It failed, but it tried. Then, uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, <it laughs> so this tried. whole scene, though, I just kept thinking of the scene of Brooklyn Nine-Nine where Cheddar escapes. 
Yeah, I was like, how fast can this pig actually move? Like, let's be real. They're they're being real intense about it, and then they cut to, like, sweet music where Cheddar's just kind of... (laughs) (laughs) That's what I wanted, was just, like, a little clip of Henwin, like... Happily plopping through the mud, like, dipping some truffles. <laughs> yeah, you know, adorable. <laughs> that would have been uh, the best. Ugh. But of course, R.I.P. Stuart the corgi who played. Chino. No, don't tell me that. No, how do yeah. you? Yeah. Last last week. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> the, the, I don't think that life has okay. spoiler alerts. Like that's yeah, that's not a that's not a show thing. That's a real life thing. R.I.P. Cheddar. Sorry. I mean, yeah, like if, if Cheddar comes up, it's just going to be a different dog. It's just going to be some common bitch. <laughs> no, I was not prepared for this. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, let's be um, sad about other things now. <laughs> yeah, and so they they roll up to this pond. Yeah, there's. A magic and, whirlpool here. I don't know why or how yeah, or what. And, they, but and everyone like gets a- sucked into it. <sighs> I love the part. Okay. I love that Gurgi is like sucked into the whirlpool, right? So Tarn grabs him and then gets sucked in. So Ilanwi, the bright, brilliant thinker, goes, Tarn, give me your hand. My girl. <laughs> it didn't work the first time. It did not work the first time, and... But then she turns and, like, let me grab the most stable thing nearby, which is Dalbin, who's like, I don't know. No, not Dalbin. Flam. 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 Mm -hmm. Who's like, I don't know what life is, so I'm just gonna fall in, too. And it's like, oh, well, crap. (laughs) Everyone, yeah. Yeah, no, everyone, those failing, uh, everyone failed their um, saving rules. Yeah, I guess so. I think that would be a dex throw. Um... Uh, it would be a strength mm-hmm. check. I would make it a strength check. Mm-hmm. Um, strength save. To hold on. Yeah. But anyway, um, I'm not Matt Mercer. <laughs> um, I have a note here that says Taryn's an arrogant dumbass. I don't know why I wrote it. Um, oh, because he is. I only have two official notes where I call Taryn a dumbass, but I imply it in all my other votes and on all my other notes about yeah. it. Yeah. Because he's a dumbass. What? This dumbass child... Two. Okay, I think I only have two, but I definitely wanted to write it more and thought there's no need. You've already written it multiple times. Yeah, I was thinking it the entire time. (laughs) But, you know, I can't blame Alonwi for, like, for, like, kind of almost responding in a way where you can see, like, oh, yeah, there's attraction because my type is also cute dumbasses. (laughs) I guess that's fair. Can't Mm -hmm. really judge you for that. Although, I guess my type is... The you is which I'm a different breed of dumbass. So they meet the fairies. I actually really didn't take any notes on the fairy scene. Oh, I remembered my note. My note about him being a dumbass is because of this fairy scene. Um, but I don't have any other notes about the fairy scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like oh look, fair folk, fair folk, and the kids are actually voiced by kids. I noticed that they were probably like the producers mm, or directors. They kids. felt very lollipop guild. Yep. We were introduced to the idea of fairies because. Dalbin mentions in his like paranoid ramblings which I guess like you're not paranoid if you're right but also I have no other context for your character other than your ramblings about the evils of the world unfolding. He mentions that the Mm -hmm. fair folk have disappeared or gone away or something. 
the fair folk in the books were actually dwarves. Oh, interesting. So I don't... Mm. Yeah, I don't really know why they would change that. To make them more cute? Because it's more fun to do fairies. Yeah, I guess. But... Marketing. (laughs) Cancerberg's all about that marketing. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not Uh, wrong. I'm not. It's the best kind of... The, um... Like, the fairies were definitely, like, they felt the most Disney out of everything in this mm-hmm. film. So, I would not be surprised if they'd been true. dramatically changed. Um, but also, they just, like, know where the cauldron is, I guess, and are giving that information out for free. It, I don't know why, but it reminded me of one of those scenes where it's, like, trailer park. It's like, hey, Marge, what? Where'd that thing go? I don't know. <laughs> That's kind of what it felt like to me. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Yeah, this thing that is, like, holding the main evil of the whole universe. Um, And, like, A, it's kind of funny that you've misplaced it or don't know where it is. But also, like, you're just letting people know. Like, if anybody wandered in and said, hey, we are looking for the Black Cauldron. Oh, we think we left it here. And he totally could have been a Horn King spy or whatever. Yeah. And you yeah. just gave them information. Yep. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Again, Aspect like, we're back no to the DM here. who, like, <laughs> doesn't know how to help the players. Like, like, I gave you guys a lot of clues. Or, like, you don't have... You have the pig. You could use the pig. But you're being dumb. And so you just asked these fairies, I guess. Sure, I'll tell you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Very shiny NPC. Let me poke this goblin. No, why? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so my note about Taryn being an uh, arrogant dumbass I, is I because the minute he's like, oh, we know where the Black Cauldron is, let's go destroy it. You are 12, young man. You yep. barely escaped with- He also has a magic sword that, like- Okay, sure, sure, let's go destroy the Black <laughs> Cauldron with my magic sword. Wait a second. Hold on a second. That thought never crossed his mind. Otherwise, he would not have traded the magic sword for the thing. Yup. I know. I know. I know. Okay, so can I, like, point out the pluck your harp line that the witch oh, used yeah. on yeah. Clam? Yeah, I mean, that like, entire what, bit. What? That entire bit. What My is your problem? Just like, oh, <laughs> wow. So high. Well, I, my I, note I, just I, says toad scene awful with a strong underline. Yeah, like I drew a little raised eyebrows and then it's bouncing around and ugh. and like the large women sexual deviance trope, and I'm like, but why? Why are you in? Yeah, no, this whole scene was bad. My face. So bad. The witches were interesting characters. Like, they're these, like, chaotic, neutral guardians of the cauldron. Yeah. That was kind of cool. And they seem, like, bound, like, if someone... Like, it's almost seemed like an oath thing. Like, if someone asks for the cauldron, they have to give it. Um, Or at least trade for it. Yeah, right, right. Like, they have to make a bargain for it. um, Which I thought was really interesting. But again, why do you bargain the one thing? Like, okay, you bargained your sword for the cauldron. Now what? <laughs> like, I kept being like, okay, just just like ask if you could like use right. it, but then they can have it, and right. then he did. Well, and how and much more? Like, okay, so how much more powerful God, would it have been it. if they get the cauldron for bargaining something else or some other way or whatever? 
And Taryn, like, tries to cut it with the sword, and it doesn't work. And then the witches show up and are like, hey, guess what, kiddos? Uh, Here's how you destroy it. How much yep. more powerful would that have been? Yeah. And there's just, like, there's so many moments in this movie where I'm like, if you had yeah. done just a slight rewriting, it would have been yeah. so much more meaningful. That that scene fell flat for multiple reasons, that one included, but also that got cut, too. They spent a good couple of minutes trying to beat the crap out of that cauldron before the witches finally showed up and were like, yeah. just so you know, there's nothing you can do unless someone wants to die. So that was annoying that that also got cut. I still feel like that wouldn't have meant anything to me because they didn't have the magic sword. Like, I don't know. I would. I guess I would have been more angry at Taryn yeah. to be like, what, you thought you could kick the giant evil cauldron to death? Like, I don't, this is like the greatest evil in the world. <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? Um, it would not have made me happier. <laughs> but Flam didn't try and correct him. So what? What's his excuse? Flam is just <laughs> along for the ride. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yep. see. Giving him excuses because you like Because him. he's old and tired. That's a character trait. That's an acceptable character trait. 12-year-old... Ch- like, And he's a side character. He's allowed to do dumb things. Your 12-year-old protagonist <laughs> needs to have some emotional moments. Please. <laughs> Other than the one with the pig. The one. That was it. I'd argue two, but okay. Well, we haven't gotten to a second one. Or the two with the pig, you mean? The bath and the... Yeah. yeah. The yeah. bath and the... It's just like the bath yeah. was so... And the, I'm literally willing to die for the bacon da- right now. The, <laughs> the bath was timed with him, like, beating the other animals with the stick. Not really, but like... So it didn't punch yep. right, you know? I'd... Yeah. I get like I thought that one was really sweet yeah. and cute, but I just whatever. think I would have timed okay. it differently. Everything's fine. But anyway, I didn't write the movie, so it doesn't matter. That's fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, they have the cauldron, and then they end up captured. Yeah. Next thing we know, they're just they're strung up by their wrists. I I, I imagine there was maybe a longer sequence that got cut here. I mean, I heard that it was the first. Disney movie since since Snow White to have full scenes mm. cut, which I mean, like there, I'm sure I'm sure that the issues, with the format were part of it, but I don't know. But there's some of it, like I'm sure they wanted to keep it and it, they could have kept it, but they didn't. I'm sure there were, yeah, the, the, yeah, but um. So we see the... I almost called him the Goblin King. He's not the oh, Goblin King. Dance Magic Dance. Oh, I had one I had one more thing. That, that, like, before they're captured. Like, right before they're captured. They're, like... They're sitting there. They're doing the, they're doing the end game thing of deciding who's gonna, who's gonna do it. Uh-huh. Um, and there's just this weird moment where, like, Taryn takes Alonri's hand. And they're, they're, like, having a moment. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Flam and and Gurgi are just like <gasps> yeah that was We're like but it's like at the same time like okay I think what, what's my note says it says yikes inexplicable team love Taryn is not even bare minimum yeah yeah that was just really awkward Ugh. it was it's it's shoehorned in so bad like if they wanted to make it happen I... they sh- 
should have writ it, written it better. But that's my writing. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> should have writ should have done writ writ it better. But um, from I don't remember them like being a thing in the books. I could be wrong, but I don't remember them being a thing in the books. And from how I saw, like just my observations of the movie like they weren't leaning in to be all like mush yeah squish face or whatever they were just kind of talking and like just getting on a really emotional level and then flam was like yep. "Ooh, you're a guy and you're a girl so things yeah. gotta be going on and then gurgi's like let me subvert the moment because that's a garbage trope and like even so that's kind of how I took it, and they were like, "Okay, y'all are weird. We're just friends." Was, I don't know. That's that was just kind of my interpretation of that. The romance I feel like is probably shoehorned in because this is supposed to be Snow White 2.0, right? Like this is, and if you don't have your strong romantic relationship, like then is it even like a fairy tale? You know. So I feel like that was probably. Yeah. I would not be surprised if it is not in the books, but. But I, I think I think that it wasn't shoehorned. I think it was an attempt to subvert the trope. Maybe it wasn't done well, but that's no. Opinion. I mean, like I don't mean Gurgi. I mean the romance itself, like Elanwi and yeah. I wouldn't even would would you even call it a romance? Is they kiss? Is where I'm so yeah, like, was, they kiss when. Gurgi forces them to kiss. Right, the because the, the writers were putting yeah. them together, so I'd call it a romance. A poorly written romance, but I would call it a romance. Eh. Yeah. The writers intended to write a romance. That's what I'm saying. Eh. I, I don't think that that's like... I think it's pretty clear that that's what the writers wanted. I don't think it's just like, hey, it's funny because they're a boy and a girl who are in love. I think it's supposed to be... like, Or a boy and girl who aren't in love but are together so therefore they must be i don't think it's subverting a trope at all i think it's a poorly done trope mm. um yeah i did not feel like subversion got it it would have to have been more over the top or satirical i think but we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit <laughs> a little bit, uh, little bit. <laughs> so they're struck up by their by their by their wrists and the bad guys have have the have the MacGuff, have the bad MacGuffin. There was a uh-huh. good MacGuffin and a bad MacGuffin. The MacGuffin that led us led us to the MacGuffin. Yeah. Um, <gasps> MacGuffin. Yeah. A and B. MacGuffin yeah. two point So the Horn King We're at MacGuffin has, 2.0. has it, and he <laughs> brings a skeleton to it and puts it in the cauldron, and it's so scary. It's so scary. So this is the scene. Um. That Katzenberg was like, nope, we cannot have yeah. this scene. Um, it was 12 minutes longer. Um, and he... And so, I know we've been critical of Katzenberg's decisions, mm-hmm. but children ran out of the test audience crying in this scene. Yeah. Like, it was alien level. I get like, it. if you know the story is yeah. about alien, people left the theater vomiting yeah. Yeah. in the alien coming out of the chest sequence, the children were screaming and crying and leaving the theater during the skeleton dead rising sequence. Um, so I don't blame Katzenberg for saying like, Hey, we should cut it. Yeah. They should. Yeah. Or like your other option is give it a PG 13 rating, right? Like your yeah. that's to be your other option. 
I mean, this is already the first Disney film to have a PG rating, and I want to say it's the only animated film to have a PG rating. That, uh, yeah, um, it got worse. I don't think anybody else pushed the boundary on that. Okay. I think this is the first so, one to be PG. fun fact, if they had left it totally unedited, just as I is, mean, no, it would have sure been an R rating. That's how that. violent it was. Or the, oh, the first one. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. definitely the first one. It might be the only one of the Disney animated collection. Yeah. Like, the director was, like, so adamant about not trimming the scene um, that, and for, like, reasons that, like, the way you trim um, animated film is to go back to, like, the animatic and trim it, right? You don't usually traditionally trim full animated scenes. Um, so Katzenberg did it himself, and the director was so upset he went to Eisner and was like, hey, like, you can't let him do this. And literally, like, they had a whole fight about it. Um, and it was very dramatic <laughs> um, with Eisner and Katzenberg fighting over these scenes. Um, so it's interesting, like, what we're left with is essentially the result of this skirmish. But the scene is incredibly intense, as it is. Yeah, Taryn gets, they get free somehow. And Taryn's like, okay. I'm going to be the hero now. I'm going to go do the thing. Gurgi sets them free, because Gurgi has not been captured. Oh, yeah, um, that's right, that's right. And, of course, the Horn King has the lovely trope of leaving the heroes alive to watch the world burn. You gotta not yep. make those basic mistakes, my dude. It's 85, you can do better. So, Gurgi beats beats them to it. Um, beats t- Terran to it. He falls into the oh, cauldron yeah. by Gurgi's. Yeah, so I I have a note there. If he really wanted to stop him, he was less than a foot away. He could have just grabbed him by the scruff, and it would have been fine. <laughs> That's really what. I yeah, Terran's proven himself bigger than Gurgi. It was. I didn't feel anything when Gurgi jumped in. I was like, yeah, I mean, I about. Neither did I. Oh, no, yeah. I'm falling. I had so much to live for. <laughs> yeah, I've had. Yeah, I I've, I've had. I've had that experience in the theater recently, and I felt more than yeah. It sh- of watching it, like it. Yeah. Wha- it should have been Taran. It really should have been. Oh, I'm talking. At, I'm talking. At, I'm talking at Endgame. Sorry, <laughs> I'm oh. still. I'm still have oh. a lot of Endgame feelings, you guys. Oh, you still have a lot of Endgame feelings. Well, we can I talk s- about that after. I saw it want. really late, so. <laughs> but um. Anyway, so yeah, I didn't feel anything for Gurgi sacrifice at all. I I mean, mostly I was just like, darn, we hit it. We- we could have we lost Taryn. <laughs> <laughs> no, Taryn, don't do it. Oh, no. <laughs> no, don't. Stop. <laughs> like that really apathetic. Yeah. yeah, and then Taryn gets down to fight the king, but he has no sword, so he can't fight the horned king. Well, and on top of it, I guess so the cauldron is sucking everything back in, which I guess is a property it has for an indefinite amount of time. And he just kind of, eh. Just kind of shrugs him into the cauldron. Yeah, That's his big yeah, move. this grand Just, epic eh. fight with like, the Horn King is so powerful. There's nothing he could do. There was nothing he could do in this scene. Those red eyes, like, like this man teleported yeah. into a castle in a flash of fire, and he gets sucked in by a wind that can't even get a grip on a 12-year-old boy. Ugh, I was so mad. Like, Maleficent went him. way harder. 
but anyway. And Taryn, all he really has to do is keep him, like, so, with Gurgi in the cauldron, the, instead of having the army of the dead walking around, they're, they're falling, and then we see smoke, smoke kind of being sucked back in, mm-hmm. and Taryn is at risk here, and so mm-hmm. all he has to really For do no is reason. hold on to something. All he has to do is hold on to something and watch the Horn King get sucked into the cauldron and disintegrate. Yeah. Yeah. Made some more dumb decisions here. Yep. And it was just like, well, so, okay, the evil is defeated. We never even saw the kingdom that's at risk or, you know, the effects of the kingdom Um, at war. Nope. It was so, it was, the whole thing was abstracted. But watching the the castle of destruction was pretty cool. So the Horn King gets sucked in. Um... And it is a tragic end to a very powerful villain. I cry. Melty, yeah. melty skeleton. Mel- yep. Oh, on the subject of the war, I I had this thought while, like, very early on of, like, oh, there's a war going on because the skeleton king um, needs more dead bodies for his dead skeleton army. But then they, like, make comment of he's, like, digging up old graves of warriors. And I was like, oh, you literally have a war going on for the purpose of killing for what reason i don't understand i don't yeah like you don't have you don't have to do all this to get the cauldron which is what you need for your thing yeah and also if like there's no indication of him being king over a certain area really yeah and and of course and of course you know the 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 government bureaucrat in me was like what is what is going on here (laughs) is like is he is he doing anything except war right i yeah i think when he releases his skeleton army it's like go destroy everything like cool that's an effective business model i don't yeah (laughs) it's not gonna get you anything um so but hey i mean character character motivation in this movie probably not really any yeah. Like, he said at the beginning that he, I want to be a god, and I was like, okay. So you're, mm. like... But what so does that mean does that to mean? you? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. there's gods of yes. many things. Actually, I will say, I think... <laughs> like, you could be I the think god of the Creeper pigs. got the most cool. character development thing. of anybody. Yep. Creeper. Uh, yep. The he had... No, the no, goblin. The goblin thing. Oh, yeah, Right, yeah. his name's Creeper? Oh wait, do you mean creep? Do you mean I'm creeper? I'm thinking cosmic creeper. No, not Gurgi. I mean creeper, army. the little okay. goblin thing. Okay. He had the most clear motivation. One, he admired someone powerful. He was willing to do anything to attain that person's yeah. approval, but also to avoid like the ire of that person because he feared for his own life. Like, and then he acted on those desires a hundred percent throughout the entire film. We watched him feel sad about the Horned King, like, oh no, I admired this person and he's gone. And then changed to like, oh wait, like, this means that I am not in danger. Yeah. Like, there was yeah. so much more character in that dumb little green annoying goblin than in any other yeah. character in that film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, Where's the lie? My last. Oh, go ahead. I was going to read my last note. Okay, I have a few more notes because there's another scene where they go back to the witches. Yes. Um, How could I forget? And the witches are like, "Hey, we we want that back, please." Um, And one thing I noticed when when they're trying to argue about bargaining is that um, Flam he always 
calls them ladies when he's speaking to them collectively, and Madam when he's talking to one, like, he's very, he's a lot more respectful than he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is just, a, yeah, which is just funny. I think that's just part well, of especially, his- Especially considering one of them assaulted him, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's his, he's a bard. That's his personality. So like, people that are- Yeah, I guess Which so means that you have an entire party of cha <laughs> users, which I think is a very good party mood. Yeah. Like, yeah. A paladin, a sorcerer, and a bard would be a very interesting party. Charisma checks. Yeah. But anyway. Um, so they so they're bargain. Like, hey, I guess you can have the sword back. You can be that mighty warrior you wanted to be. But no, this is Taran's real character growth moment. I want Gurgi back. Oh, I don't know. Uh, well, sorry, that's not how this thing works. And they're like, well, here's the thing. I bet, oh, I thought you were powerful. Like, they trick him into doing it. Yeah. And I was just like, this is, this is, this is the, this is the, bi- like, something along these lines is the basic plot of all the fix-it fit I've been reading since Endgame. <laughs> you know, these witches literally could do whatever they wanted. They overrode the power yeah. of the... Um, cauldron, which apparently nobody can do, mm-hmm. but they can. They ride around on storm clouds for no reason at all. Like, they are the gods of this world. Yeah. Most like, magical everything that is worth its salt, at least, is like, death is the barrier yeah. you cannot pass. Let's just kind of right. trip over that. Okay, go. Yeah. <laughs> so we get Gurgi back. There's a slight scare as to whether he's actually alive. I would have been. Were you really scared, though? Were you really? I I think. I think that. I think that was the goal. I think I was more hopeful. That's fair. I was more hopeful that he would actually be dead. Like, ah, you guys traded this black cauldron for Gurgi's corpse. Awesome. You deserve it for your dumbness. And then they're excited, and then Gurgi's like, "Now kiss," and it's terrible. Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, that was... And then the end, okay, let's all go home. And it looks like they all go move back in with Dalbin and Henwen. Yeah, what has Dalbin been doing this entire movie? I don't know, but in the credits, it shows, like, Dalbin doing Watching his thing them at one desk since... and then, uh, Flam doing his thing at another desk on the other side. Dad! Yeah. Dream Daddy! Like- we brought it back Dad. around. Anyway. <laughs> but those end cards were beautiful. So- like they were. If yeah, the movie are. was that, I think we would have. Well, I don't know if we actually would have. But I mean, I love the animation forgiven. in this entire film. Like, I really, it, I really did. It. I don't know. Yeah, the animation was nice. It was just it never. It felt really rough to me. It it never felt like a Disney. Film no, it did not at all. At all, it it felt like a Richard Rich or Don Bluth, like whatever their production companies were. It felt like one of those movies. But it never, ever felt like it, Disney. Not at all. It reminded me of Rescuers 1 and a little bit of mm. Oliver and Company. I can kind of see that. Like, the roughness of the animation compared to, compared to, yeah. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's like what I'm Jungle Book like, did it, that, it's, too. It's rough, it, it's, it's rough in a different way. It doesn't feel like Disney's Silver Age or Dark Ages um, roughness that we've seen so far. They were like the the backgrounds were were really nice, and I had no complaint about the backgrounds. But just the line art of the characters, 
One second it's like it's really clean and really sharp. It's like, okay, I can get by. Oh, whoa, you have like so many sketch lines around your face there, Flam. Cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. And, but it, it really reminded me of Rescuers and Oliver and Company, though I would definitely argue that Oliver and Company's backgrounds were nowhere near this level. It's been a long time since I've seen Oliver and Company. I think that one's next on our list, so. I have never seen Oh, it. you're in for a treat. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, yeah, no. um, but I will say, like, this... Do we have any... Oh, honestly, this film is, like, on a closing note, um, this film is notorious for being representative of Disney's Dark Age um, in terms of animation. Like, whether... Like, yeah. even if you love it, that's fine, and I don't know if I totally get it. Like, I get loving Alonwi. She's pretty great. Um, yeah, but there's a reason, like, this film is the epitome of the Disney Dark Age. It doesn't have songs, although its score is incredible. Yeah. It lacks the charm of a musical. Um, which is funny, since all your players are charisma characters. (laughs) (laughs) And one is a literal bard. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, big missed opportunity. Yeah, it really just isn't a Disney film the way everything else really has been. I don't think we've run it. We've run into films we don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But nothing like but this. Never, but they always felt like Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I can't, I can't say exactly what it is, but there's just... If you look at Taran's character design, he looks like he belongs in a Disney film. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. They, so the lack of the feel I would attribute to most of the main yeah. animators are gone um all of the old creative talent that steered the company up until this point are gone for one reason or another um there's a new ceo and they were actively trying that's to fair. be something that's different fair. because yeah. what they had right then wasn't working so so they pushed for new and different and and it failed yeah, I mean, on I can, I can several s- points for I several can see reasons why people love but it. They, tr- they that was what they were going mm. for I can, well i can i can see it i can see its potential as a cult class. well yes better? um i think that's fair any other final thoughts um that's everything i've got scorch it's been so great to have you thank you thank you thank you for joining us oh shucks. yeah it's been awesome yeah it's been fun and so I feel like um, I talk too much. <laughs> no, this is a podcast. That's the point. <laughs> That's fair. And um, so um, we're gonna have a mini sode next week. And yep. um, in the meantime, you can if you want to contact us, you can find us at Drawn Out Cast um, on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us you can email us at drawnoutcast at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group, Drawn Out Chats. Um, Scorch, do you have any uh, shops to plug? Yeah, um, so I'm really into the LARPing community in Southern California, and I actually sew, and we make weapons for LARPing or for cosplay. Um, So if you're interested in any of that shenanigans, uh, I have a Facebook shop called Scorch's Curios. So go ahead and Book around, see what I got, see if you're interested. I do uh, commission-type things. And nice. So you guys can find Scorch's Curios yeah. on Facebook. I take it that's Scorch apostrophe S. Yep. And then Curios. 
the way it is spelled in Merriam-Webster. <laughs> no, I just I went um, Welsh with it. <laughs> oh, two C's and two R's and a Y. <laughs> An umlaut somewhere, and you're like, but why though? Yeah. <laughs> God, I would love to learn Welsh. I need to understand the patterns. Like, I need to learn it. Me too. I mean, I've been, I've been. Writing out like I've been writing out like genealogy tree for my grandparents, and I hit I hit I hit I All hit Welsh. Smash Kings back around. Oof. I mean, at this point, past maybe fifteen hundred, it's all like speculation. So, mm. either that or I am descended mm. from first century states, Welsh states. I don't know. You could be. My grandma says that we're descended from King Arthur's court. So, oh boy. <laughs> That and um, uh, some people so much some people claim that. they have documented trees getting them back to Adam and Eve, and they are wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the other one that we famously claim supposedly is the guy who betrayed Braveheart. Boy, <laughs> I don't remember However, his name, but my fam- <laughs> anyway, my, fam- my family's got the DNA uh, connecting us to our cousin Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> wow! I really need to do one of those DNA things. My my grandfather for a really long time was like, "Oh, we're Cherokee and we're joined. We join the tribe and all this stuff." I'm like, "Cool, I'm legit." And then I looked up the uh, <laughs> the sigil that I'd seen all my life, and it's a it's very white and very Arkansas. So I am super well, it, suspect and it, it, had a little if, bit if of you, an ex- existential crisis research, there. I, can, I, I, I have an ex- I have an ancestry membership. I will hit stuff you I like up so fun. hard. <sighs> I think that's it. Uh, I think this, this is... has been a drawn out closing. Sketch you <laughs> later. Yeah, that was my <laughs> pun. Yeah. <laughs> Such a hater. This podcast is in no way affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its subsidiaries. The views expressed in this podcast by its hosts and its guests belong solely to those people and are not in any way representative of Disney nor any of our employers. Thanks for listening.